Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage ideas on what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to a Tuesday special edition of Humanity Matters. This is a reaction video uh, on tonight. So if you want to participate with me, have a comment, you know, reaction to my reaction, uh, I would invite you to uh, join in on me. So I'm glad uh, for you to join me either live or if you're going to pick this up on the recording, uh, either on my podcast or over on YouTube. So just connect with me on social media. Let me just get through some usual basic type stuff here and then we're going to get right into it. Connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, subscribe over on YouTube. Also the website, make sure you give me your name and email. You'll be getting a newsletter. Also, you can become a supporter uh, of the work that I am doing uh, on Patreon. So I would greatly appreciate that as well. Um, every little bit counts, um, as little as five bucks. So let's get right into it. Like, let's get right into it. So this past Sunday in New York, uh, Governor Hochul, Kathy Hochul, now, Governor Kathy Hochul, she took over for uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo, who had to resign uh, for some particular uh, allegations. But nonetheless, uh, Ms. Hochul, she is the first female governor of New York. All right. So, hey, all right. Got more responsibility. All right. But anyway, she was at the Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn. Now, if you don't know about the Christian Cultural Center, it was helped started by uh, Reverend A.R. Bernard, I have listened to him. Great preacher, great work uh, that they do up there in uh, Brooklyn. A very influential uh, church, a black church um, predominantly, uh, but they have a lot of influence. Uh, their tagline is learn, grow, serve. I am now at their website, Christian Cultural Center or cccinfo.org. Um, and so, yeah, there was that. So she was there and she gave a sermon, if you will. All right. Now, I get my news from Ground News. That is ground.news. Um, I would greatly encourage you to subscribe, go on to that website. They seek to look, pull all the news sources from left, right, center, and they give it a blind spot grade. Now, this article and this news, it is only being reported center right. No, no news outlets center to the left have reported anything about what she spoke about in uh, New York at the Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn. So if you tend towards the left in your worldview, your voting patterns, or anything like that, more than likely, you have not heard about this. 
All right. But if you're on the right and you listen to or get your news from the Daily Wire, uh, the Christian Post, uh, the Examiner, uh, some of those sites, uh, Washington Examiner. All right. You may be familiar with this. So this just shows, right, we have to get out of our echo chambers. And I hope that's something that I am helpful uh, for you in talking about some of the news uh, that you may not be familiar with. Anyways, so this is um, one minute and 30 seconds. So I'm going to play it. All right. I posted it earlier today on my personal Facebook page. So you can go over there. But I'm going to play it so you can hear for yourself. All right. You'll hear it through the audio. And then we're going to engage with it because I've got a lot to say. All right. Here we go. I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? But to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can get fight, fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to. Fighting systemic racial injustice, which exists today. And if there's a dot denier, I will take you on any date because I've seen it. I know it exists. And we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my... All righty. So that was New York Governor Kathy Hochul. She was giving maybe a sermonette, inspirational message. I don't know, um, depending on your background. Um, at the Christian Cultural Center, a predominantly black congregation uh, located in Brooklyn, New York. So I've got some stuff to say. All right. I've got some stuff to say. All right. Hello, uh, Miss Rhonda Smiley. Yes, I am curious, too. All right. Hey, what's up, Philip? What's going on? Hey, do it. Take a moment. Share this so everybody can interact with this, especially church leaders, because I got some things to say. So the church. The church. Now, here is some indisputable facts. Okay. The church, the definition of the church comes from the Greek word ekklesia, made up of two words, ek, out of, klesia, assembly, all right? So modern usage, a called out assembly, all right, of individuals, all right? This Greek word was then, has been applied to those who belong to uh, the major world religion, what is called Christianity, okay? 
how do we understand Christianity? Christianity's understanding is this, is that it is founded on the fundamental foundational belief that God came in the flesh, Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ, he was born of a virgin, fully God, fully man, lived a sinless life, ministered, uh, lived for 33 years, ministered for three and a half years in what would be called Palestine or Israel, the ancient Near East, during the period of the Roman Empire, at the end of that three and a half years of ministry, uh, Jewish religious leaders um, had a trial at dark, turned Jesus Christ over to the Romans, and Jesus Christ was, uh, instead of being chosen at a Passover celebration, Barabbas was chosen, Jesus Christ was crucified by Roman soldiers on a cross between two thieves. Jesus Christ died on the cross. Jesus Christ was taken off the cross. He was put in a tomb, which was not his own. And then three days later, he rose again from the dead bodily. All right. And then approximately 50 days later, Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. And those around him, those disciples became his sent ones or his apostles. All right. And they were to take the message that Jesus Christ, fully God, was the fulfillment of all the Jewish scriptures. All right. He he lived, he died, he rose, and he would come again. And those apostles were to take that message from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Christianity. All right. And then Christianity is made up of, when you go to Ephesians chapter uh, four, I, if you don't know Christianity, try to give you the elementary version, all right? Ephesians chapter four, the apostle Paul writes that to the church, God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, all right? For the building up and equipping of the church until the church becomes this full, complete, mature man in Jesus Christ, okay? So, in the New Testament, you have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all right? You have Acts, which is describes the works of the apostles in those first years, okay? Uh, that book was written by Luke, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke, okay? And then you have Saul, who was a Jewish religious leader who was converted to Christianity, all right? And you can read that in Acts. Right. And he became one of the most ardent defenders of Christianity. And then he primarily writes the majority of the rest of the New Testament. You got some other letters in there by James, by John, by Jude. All right. You got the book of Revelation written by the Apostle John. But then the majority of the New Testament texts, first and second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, uh, first and second Timothy, Titus were written by the Apostle Paul. Okay, this is the church. Paul goes on to explain that the church is founded on the apostles, the prophets. Those are the Old Testament. So you're thinking about Isaiah, you're thinking about Ezekiel, you're thinking about um, Jeremiah, you're thinking about the those major prophets, those minor prophets, Micah, Nahum, so on and so forth. Right. So Paul says that the church is built on the apostles. All right, the prophets with 
Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. All right. So the called out ones, they are built upon this firm foundation of Jesus Christ, the apostles, the sent ones, and the prophets who talked about the coming of Jesus Christ. And thus Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of those prophets. All right. And then those apostles, if you will, take that message forward to the ends of the earth. All right. Now, who are Christians? Those who believe that Jesus Christ is fully God, fully man, came, he died, he rose from the dead, he's going to come again. All right. There's disputes about when he's going to come back, so on and so forth. Was it in the past? Is it in the present? Whatever. All right. But nonetheless, it is that fundamental thing. How else do you know Christianity? Generally, there is what is called the creed. All right. So if you will, all right, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And I believe in his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him, Jesus Christ, all things were made for us men and women. And for our salvation, Jesus came down from heaven. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was incarnate through the Virgin Mary and was made man. And for our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance to the scriptures, right? He ascended into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And from there, he will come to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. The Holy Spirit has spoken through the prophets. I believe in the original term, the Catholic or the universal church. All right. I believe in one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. That is Christianity. That right there. So those apostles are going forward talking about what is formulated and what I just talked about, which is called the Nicene Creed. Now, there's a smaller one called the Apostles uh, Creed. But what I just laid out to you is the Nicene Creed It's pretty much broken up into believing in God, the Father, believing in Jesus Christ and who he is and his ministry, believing in the Holy Spirit, believing in the church, baptism, forgiveness of sins, resurrection from the dead and the life of the world to come. All right. So that is like shoo, Christianity. The power of now a religion. Okay. So now the power of a religion, whether it is Christianity or any other religion that communicates a transcendent idea. Okay. It establishes itself apart from any other types of authority. Christianity in its original form, untainted by the state, and we can talk about what happened with Constantine, right? And what happened with that. That's where it kind of went left, all right? But the church established itself in saying these things, that in the Roman Empire, when it was said that Jesus is Lord, that was a treasonous statement. Why was it a treasonous statement? Because who was considered Lord during that time was Caesar, son of God, the august one, okay? So when you read in the New Testament, that profession that Jesus is Lord, that is actually a treasonous statement. That is a statement that is saying 
No, the state, Roman Empire, is not the highest authority, but it is Jesus Christ who has ascended above all powers. All powers. That includes the Roman Empire and any other type of empire that was present during that time. So, it's a when you read the New Testament, there's a bunch of layers that is running underneath there that is announcing that what the called out ones, the apostles are announcing is, no, it's not the state, the Roman Empire, that is to dictate your lives. No, it is Jesus Christ who lived, who died, who rose, who ascended above Caesar. Every Caesar was born, lived, and died. And most times they died horrible deaths. But there was this one Jesus, this Palestinian, Israeli, however term you want to use, right? Carpenter, who was the Messiah. And not just the Messiah, but King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Lord, Jesus is Lord, not Caesar. All right. So in the announcement of this religion, also what it establishes this, is that there is an authority higher than the state. That there's an authority that does not need to apologize for his existence. There is an authority that does not need to seek permission for its existence or for its activity or movement or any such thing. All right. Now, let's talk about the state. So the state, any institution that revolves around having an assembly of men and women or women, right, who govern the lives of other persons, right, that stands in contradiction to a religion like Christianity in its purest form. So a book that has been helpful to me that I want to show you is The Undiscovered Self by Carl Jung. All right. We're getting back to Kathy Hochul. I'm coming there. All right. I just need to lay some groundwork for those that are listening uh, on tonight. So Young observes that state power is more successful when the individual is influenced to believe his or her flourishing, his or her existence is dependent on the state and no other externality. All right. The state wants the individual to believe firmly that his or her existence is dependent on the state, local, county, state level, federal level, not some religion or some other externality, all right? But religion functions this way. It offers that counter story. It offers that influence, right? It offers that influence to the individual that submission is something to someone, some idea that is higher than the state that your flourishing that the flourishing of the individual is not actually dependent on the state the flourishing of the individual in my understanding and context is dependent on the trinitarian god who revealed himself father son and holy spirit 
and who confirm that truth in Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, ascending into heaven, seated at the throne above all of these powers. But the state cannot tolerate said thing. Stalin took very concerted efforts to diminish the state. Hitler took very concerted efforts to diminish the authority of the state, or excuse me, of religion, specifically Christianity. Same way with Stalin. So religion presents a problem for the state. And so the state has these options. It can completely eradicate the religion. It can just let the religion flourish as it is and just, you know, but it puts, but in, in allowing that religion to flourish at its, as it is, it puts its ability to consolidate more power and influence over individuals. It puts that in danger. And so what can the church do? It can co-opt, be co-opted by the state. So Young says this. Again, I'm coming from, this has been very helpful, Carl Young's The Undiscovered Self. What are the further implications, right? So when a the state seeks to co-opt the church in this regard, the policy of the state, and this is from Young, and I'm quoting, the policy of the state is the supreme principle of thought and action, close quote. So what will the state seek to do? It will seek to co-opt the religion. And the major religion in the United States of America is Christianity. Still is. Do we have other religions? Islam, you know, Buddhist, right? We have different variation. You know, we have Jehovah's Witnesses. We got Mormons, so on and so forth. We got agnostics and we got... Um, atheists, all of those are forms of religion. But anyways, and so what does the state seek to do? It seeks to mimic a religion. It has a figurehead who resembles like a pastor. In this case, president of the United States. It's got a clergy, right? Those elected leaders who believe in more and more power of the state, and so those could be your elected leaders at whatever level, okay? But it also could be your bureaucrats as well. It also has a doctrine, all right? The state has a doctrine of what it is to be believed by those individuals who have given their allegiance to the state and who believe that their existence, their livelihood their ability to pursue happiness is dependent on the state. And so it has a doctrine. But it also has evangelists. Those are going to go out and spread the news about the state and what it can offer, while at the same time creating a distinction between those who are faithful to the state and those who are unfaithful because they do not give allegiance to what the state puts out as doctrine. And so for the state, it asserts that there's only one truth 
and all others, if you will, are heresies. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Philip Fletcher. This is a special edition of Humanity Matters. We are talking about um, Governor Hochul and her um, her little sermon that she offered um, in terms of vaccines. And we're going to get there. So I've laid out what Christianity is, laying out how the state seeks to react to a religious institution. And in this case, the predominant religious institution in America is Christianity. In fact, in the West, it's Christianity. So for the individual, the individual needs to be discerning about what he or she is hearing from the state versus what he or she is hearing from their particular religious worldview. Again, I'm a Christian. You may have a different religious worldview. Um, Nonetheless, uh, I firmly believe we all have a way of life. That's what religion is. My way of life is governed by what I laid out in the Nicene Creed. All right, so the individual must seek to discern the activity, the words, the ideas of uh, the state. Because the state is seeking to accomplish two things. One, the state wants to communicate that it is the one that grants rights to individuals. And secondly, the state remains the foundation of human existence. All right. So now getting back to uh, uh, Governor Hochul, and I've called this the Church of Governor Hochul. All right. If you've missed any part of this, I'm going to play this one more time. It's one minute and 30 seconds. And then we're going to um, have a hermeneutics class, if you will. I used to do this with young men that I was helping uh, to become ministers, and we would evaluate their sermons at the end. And we're about to do the same thing to Governor Hochul since she wants to put herself in this position. So here again is what she said. Bear with me. This is audio, so you should be able to hear it. I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? But to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to. 
fighting systemic racial injustice, which exists today. And if there's a denier, I will take you on any day because I've seen it. I know it exists. And we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my. Okay, so that's where the video ends again. Uh, that is coming from ground.news. And so you can just go look that up yourself. It's a website. Uh, you can put in New York Governor Hochul. The headline tells Christian worshipers, God wants you to be vaccinated, close quote. Okay. So the first thing that she says is this, is that God answers prayers. That may be true. I don't doubt that there are individuals praying for a solution. Okay, got it. I am checking these things off. All right, so if you will, good opening, Governor Hochul, good opening. Yes, God does answer prayers, yes. As some would say, God answers with a yes, a no, or a maybe, or wait a while, right? The second thing she says is this, which I agree with. God creates professions. Yes, Governor Hochul, yes, God God is instrumental in laying out, let me use a strong word here, ordaining the the ways of men and women throughout creation. Yes, completely agree. And God ordained some to be doctors, some to be researchers, and yes, someone like you to be a governor at that particular time. It was not by accident that you were a lieutenant governor. It was not by accident, all that stuff, which happened to your predecessor. So I completely agree. God ordains all of these professions. Yes. Yes. I hope you remember that. I really hope you do. I do. He ordains everybody to exist. Wink, wink. You hear me, Governor Hochul? All right. He ordains everybody, not just the professions that they're going to do, but in order for those individuals to have those professions, he has to ordain their existence. Okay. If that's going over your head, send me an email and I'll tell you what I'm talking about. No, I'm telling you what I'm going to talk about. He ordains people to exist. So why do you support abortion clinics hello how many doctors and researchers didn't make it out of the womb just ask anyways next so she says that she wears a necklace to um mark her actions in taking the vaccine all right so this here is a rosary, all right? I use this in my prayers, all right? Open up again with the Nicene Creed, our fathers, all right? You, you know, some rejoicing, some sorrowful mysteries, meditations, do uh, Hail Marys, you do these decades, you go around. Great, great. You know, you can wear it around your neck, whatever. But it marks, it marks my, if you will, religious affiliation. And so Governor Hochul is doing the same thing. She is in, if you will, a pastoral role, right? But she's a governor, but she's in a pastoral role. 
And she is communicating a doctrine of the state religion. And one of the ways she marks her faithfulness or mm, not necessarily faithfulness, but her commitment and um, walking that out and they're like, hey, I'm aware of vaccine. Like typically when you see somebody with a rosary, like, oh, they're Catholic. So for her, I wear this necklace that marks that I've taken the vaccine. Okay. So a religious ritual. Let's take that off. Glad you're talking about that. Religious practices. All right. Next, she goes on to say that the smart ones, the ones who have listened to God, are those who have been vaccinated. So here we go. So you have in a religious context, those who are adherents and those who are, if you will, unbelievers or infidels or those who are not conscious, you know, those types of terms, right? Depending on the religious perspective you're coming from, right? So she is saying that, no, so here's the thing. So Governor Hochul is saying, because she's a governor, but she's acting in a pastoral role, she's presenting, if you will, a religious artifact to back up her state doctrine at New York level, but also federal level in the form of a vaccine necklace. And then she goes on to say that the smart ones, the adherents, the believers, the ones who are conscious or aware are those who have listened to God. Okay. So then by implication, those who are not smart, those who are the unbelievers, dare I say the heretics, the ones who are not conscious, those who are the infidels, are those who are still unvaccinated. And because you have, are unvaccinated, you're just giving the finger to God. You're not listening to God. You are, in the Christian context, falling short. The word harmatia, the word from which we get the word a sinner. We got a comment here. All right. All right. Thank you, Abby. All right. I'm going to keep going because I'm coming for the church. I'm coming back around again. Right. Coming back around again because it was the same problem that Bonhoeffer faced in Germany when you had two different types of churches. You had the state church, the Reichs church, Reichs Kirke, and you had the, if you will, oh my gosh, there's another name for the church in which Bonhoeffer belonged to. It skips my memory right now. All right. But anyways, let's keep going. So who are these unvaccinated, these ignorant ones, these sinners, these infidels, these ones who have not listened to God, these ones who, can I keep borrowing religious language? Those who are hard hearted, those who are continually just walking in the desert, those individuals who have not confessed and believed with their heart that the state is right. Coming from Romans chapter 10. But, anyways, so here's the thing, Governor Hochul. 
So you are in a predominantly black church, governor. You are speaking to a predominant black church, established by a black pastor, A.R. Bernard. So the CDC data, as of today, all right, as of today, when we look at, and I'm looking at the CDC website right now, all right, I don't want people to think I'm making stuff up or pulling it out the top of my hat, all right, what's up, Zateo? I see you, all right? The CDC says this. The percent of people receiving COVID-19 vaccine by race and ethnicity and date reported to CDC United States. This concluding data between December 14, 2020 and September 28, 2021. Look at this. 35.7% of Blacks across the United States have taken one dose of the vaccine. And fully vaccinated, 31.7%. All right, so I'm about to go here. So all you Negroes, unbelievers, in New York, in Brooklyn, your governor says that if you have not taken the vaccine, you ain't listening to God. You black folk in New York, you black folk in Arkansas, you are not listening to God if you have not taken the vaccine. Again, what is the foundation of the faith? What is the mustard seed of faith? Is it a vaccine and participation in a a medical procedure? Is God's grace and acceptance of you and his love for you, is it dependent on whether or not you have taken a vaccine? Because according to Governor slash Pastor Hochul of New York City, Black people, y'all 60-some percent of y'all who have not even taken one dose, according to Governor Pastor Hochul and her state religion and her state doctrine, and the expression of her religious practice of wearing a necklace about a vaccine, according to her doctrine, because again, she is a representative of the state and its religious doctrine and what it seeks to believe, according to her, you are not listening to God. So not only is she calling in question your allegiance to the state, she's also calling in question your allegiance to God. Hey, this is Dr. Philip Fletcher. I'm going through uh, 
what I'm calling tonight the Church of Governor Hochul. All right. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she goes on to say this, be my apostles. What the heck? So this is Sunday. She's in church. She gets up and she's asking people to be her apostles regarding the vaccine. Again, the state does not want a competing religion. It wants all individuals to firmly believe that their de flourishing is dependent on the state and no other externality. And so she seeks to co-opt religious language, specifically Christianity. And so she invokes the term of apostles. Where's the word apostles come from? Apostles is a Greek word, apostolos, means sent ones, messengers. All right, you find it in the Septuagint. That is the Greek translation of uh, the Jewish scriptures, right? You also found apostolos in the New Testament. Again, sent ones, messengers, those who are going out to herald a message. What is that message supposed to be that is coming out of the church? It dang sure is not about a vaccine. The a message that the apostles and those who are sent out from the church are supposed to offer is the coming, living, death, burial, resurrection, and coming again of Jesus Christ. But again, Governor Hochul has her own religion, the religion of the state that has its own doctrine instead of beliefs. It has its own, if you will, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And so she is not in the church that Jesus built on his shed blood and risen body. She is not calling those individuals to go out and proclaim that message. She's in that place, that assembly in which they are to gather and worship Jesus. She's calling them not to be apostles of that transcendent message that puts Jesus over and above the United States and President Joe Biden and herself. She is giving her own message of her state religion to be apostles for her message. But then she invokes Jesus. Okay. She invokes Jesus with love each other. So this is what I'm talking about. It is a co-opting of the state and the religion to where it becomes a state religion. And in doing so, the doctrines of the Religion, in this case, Christianity, are pressed down, made secondary to the doctrines and beliefs of the state. That's why I laugh at this whole thing about religious exemptions. Like, <laughs> again, a religious exemption is simply saying this, is that your religion is secondary to what the state believes. And the state is going to sit in judgment of whether or not your beliefs are firmly held.
And then par for the course, somehow she shifts to, we have to get this done so we can get back to systemic racism. Really? So have you forgotten about systemic racism? Is it no longer important right now? Because from what I understood, Governor Hochul, that every institution in the United States is systemically racist from the beginning, since 1619. And also what I understood was this from last year, that every institution had to be mm, remade. Ibram Kendi and Robin DiAngelo and, and that crew, those prophets, right? And, but you're asking the same people that you told all last year that these institutions were systemically racist. Now you're asking them to listen to these same institutions and assent to your particular religious belief. Okay. Governor Hochul, that's your religion. You calling you to the carpet. You're functioning as an apostle or a pastor. You are communicating your state doctrine as it relates to these vaccines. When people just make up in their own mind what they want to do, right? You have co-opted the majest religion in the United States, if not the world, for your own purposes. You stand in the midst of a place that was originally designed to worship the God and his son whom he sent and the Holy Spirit whom glorifies both the Father and the Son. You stand in that place not to announce their message, but to announce your own message. And then you go further to call into question the relationship of individuals because they have not fallen in line and become adherents to your doctrine, that doctrine of taking the vaccine. And in doing so, you have created a religion religious belief in which those who have taken the vaccine are the smart ones. And therefore, for it is a testimony that they listen to God. Whereas those who have not taken the vaccine are not the smart ones and are not listening to God. The fact that the church in that regard gave you a platform to announce that message in that place when you've got your own platform in your governor's office to do those things is why the church in America is impotent. So now I'm coming around for the church in America. Because the church in America has chosen over the last year and a half in multiple ways to say that we have no king but the president. And 
its institutions that come from the federal government. The church, again, has lost more and more of its power and relevancy because it continually chooses to be on the side of the state and then makes the claim that it's being prophetic. Just like a church should have no flags waving, American flags waving in its sanctuaries, just like the church should have, it should have no allegiance whatsoever to the state. We know what the state does well, and I learned this yesterday. What the state does well is it knows how to imprison people. The state knows well how to kill people. The state knows well how to look out for those who are wealthy. The state knows well how to pit people against one another so that it can assume more power. How is that in any way in line with the foundations of the church, the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone? How is it the church has made it as a red line, if you will, that the measure of faithfulness to God and the measure of faithfulness to Jesus Christ, who is God, and a measure of faithfulness and love to one's neighbor is taking a medical procedure. Because at that point, that's not grace, that's law. And I thought that we were now under grace and no longer under law. I thought that what signified one's faith in Jesus Christ was believing that Jesus Christ is the son of God who lived, who died, who rose again, it's coming again. Not any other thing. I think Paul wrote a whole letter on that called Galatians. You know, the whole thing about circumcision. It seems like this vaccine thing has become the church's new circumcision. I don't know. So what's the way forward? The way forward for the church is to be prophetic. The way forward for the church to be prophetic is to speak the transcendent truth that all of human existence and all of human flourishing is utterly dependent on the Trinitarian God who is revealed in that Nicene Creed that I recited earlier. Secondly, how is the church to be prophetic? It is to speak against the state regardless of the political party who is in office, whether that is at the local, county, state, or federal level. What is the prophetic role of the state, of the church? The prophetic role of the church 
is that it needs no help from the government at any level to take care of those who are within the church and those who are outside of the church, those who believe and those who do not believe. It requires no government coercion, no government force, no government favors. The motivation for the church to look out not only for its own, those believers, but also those who do not believe is the fact that Jesus Christ again is God who came, who lived, who died, and who rose again. But hey, when you watch your news, if you watch it, when you listen to President Joe Biden or Vice President, wherever she is, Kamala Harris, or uh, the press secretary, Jen Psaki, or um, CDC, or your governor, just know this, they are advancing the state religion. They are. Even right now in Congress, as they are debating this whole debt ceiling thing, they are seeking to advance that our existence and flourishing is dependent on what they do. And ladies and gentlemen, that could be no further from the truth. So, hey, that was the church of Governor Hochul. If you got any questions, I'll pause for a few minutes and you know, you can put a question up and I'll be glad to answer it on this or any uh, related topic. I told you I was going to be a little hot. I'm hot. I am. I am. I don't know what's happened to the church, especially this. Like, like if they can get us to do this, what else can they get the church to do? If they can get you to shut your doors, if they can get you to, 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 to marshal and, and do different ways of doing communion and all those kind of things. I'm like, what, what were we doing? What are we doing? I don't know. So if you hear a little frustration in my voice, it is. Do I lose hope? Of course not. Because again, he sits on the throne, not Biden, not Trump, not Jorgensen, not Hutchinson, not Hochul. Jesus sits on the throne. So I remain hopeful. So, hey, with that, I appreciate y'all very much for joining in. Oh, we got a comment. Uh, Martha says straight out truth. Thank you. All right. Hey, thank you very much. All right. All right. John said, I see you in that flat bill, Phil. Hey, he's rhyming right there. Thanks, John. Abby, thank you. All right. So, oh, what is our way forward, our true north? Well, in the context of the church, I kind of laid that out. Uh, Rhonda, it is, um, we have to return, the church has to return to unapologetically, passionately, and most importantly, lovingly 
announce that human existence and flourishing is dependent on the Trinitarian God who's revealed himself in Jesus Christ, who lived, who died, who rose, is coming again. That's one. Two, the church has to be prophetic in the sense that it has to speak out against actions of the state, whether that's a Republican office, a Democrat in office, a Libertarian in office, an independent person in office. It doesn't matter. The third thing is this, is that the church has to be, it can be prophetic in that it does not need to, nor needs to wait for government to ask it to do anything. That we are motivated by the Holy Spirit who lives and resides within believers. And that same Holy Spirit that ties believers together, sealed to the day of redemption. So those are my thoughts. As far as the state goes, it is acknowledging that the state has its own religion. It does. It wants to announce that human existence and flourishing is dependent on the state and no other externality. Again, I recommend this book, Carl Jung. It needs to see that it has its own clergy. It has its own, if you will, pastors. Let me lay it out for you. So it has its own apostles, right? Those who are spreading the message. A lot of that's in the news. It has its own prophets. Typically, that's who you find in academia or in uh, the intellectual stream, all right? And so I don't care whether it's Ibram Kendi. I don't care whether it is... uh, um, uh, What's that boy's name? Charlie Kirk. I don't care whether it is, um, oh my gosh, Robin D'Angelo. I don't care whether it is, uh, what's that one boy? The Daily Wire, I forget. He's a Jewish boy. Um, him, if you're, if you're advancing any idea in which the state is positioned as whom we find our existence and dependence on, those persons are advancing that particular religion, that state religion. Let me keep going. You got your evangelists. Typically, those are your everyday people that's going out and talking about that kind of stuff, right? And then you got your shepherds and your teachers. You got those individuals um, who work in institutions, bureaucracies, things like that. And it has a pope, if you will, or a bishop. And that's the chief executive. Whether that's the mayor, whether that's your county judge, whether that's your governor, whether that is the president of the United States. And they are advancing so that the state can continue because that's how they get paid. That's where their influence comes through. Like, I'm not I'm just calling it what it is. But here's the thing. I don't want the church mingled, co-opted with the state in that regard. Is there things it can work together with? Sure. But don't, the state, don't come and tell me what to believe, how to practice, or anything like that. Don't do it. And if a church allows the state to do that, I promise you the church is going to lose. Any religion is going to lose. Okay. I digress. 
So, um, Governor Hochul, she got me kind of fired up today. I, you know, I've been talking about this. I talked about this like a month and a half ago. Somebody reminded me of that, that I put this stuff up about, you know, the state having its own religion. And people was like, no, Philip, no. And then the evidence is right here. Like, it's right here. And it was done in a Christian setting. Here's my other, here's my other thing. Have they done this in mosques, Islamic type centers? Have they gone to synagogues and done this? Or is the only place they're going to do this in is in Christian type arenas? Why is that? Why have they not gone to the imams and say, hey, can I speak in your mosque? Why have they not gone to synagogues and be like, hey, can I offer this same message? I want to know. Those are the other two major religions, Islam and Judaism. Have they done that? Have they? Have they? And if not, why? I need you to say it again for the people in the back. I'm trying, Miss Rhonda. I'm trying. I'm trying. I think, you know, I think sometimes I think people just look at me for entertainment when I'm like, I'm really trying to like talk to people like for real. Like I'm really trying to talk to people like, and it's going to take some courage. It is. It is. So anyways, I'm about to get off. Enjoy the rest of my evening. Uh, Again, you want to connect with me. If you believe in what I'm talking about, subscribe YouTube, especially. If you really believe in what I'm talking about, go to Patreon, little five bucks a month. All right. You can go a long way. Helps me in buying materials, research, equipment, things like that. All right. It really helps out a lot. All right. It takes time to get this stuff together. And I try to uh, present as much information as possible, create context and all that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, Hey, and I have to remind myself of this. And I say it more actually for myself than for y'all, whether you're watching or listening. Remember to be love. Remember to be kind. Remember to be generous. And remember to be courageous. Remember to live in hope. We can do the impossible. Y'all take care and God bless. Hey, if you found something of value, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find us on Facebook at Dr. Philip Fletcher. Find us on Twitter at Philip Fletcher. And as always, visit us on the website philipfletcher.org.